Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. Hey guys, um, welcome back to the Fruit Snacks podcast. Oh, that came out weird. Fruit Snacks, Fruit Snacks podcast. Um, me and Shane couldn't meet up this week, so this week it's my own episode again. So I have a very special guest with me today. But before we get into the episode, I want to say thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow us on Fruit Snacks Pod on Instagram. Or you can email us um, through email, fruitsnackspod at gmail.com. Um, and that's pretty much it, I guess. Oh, one more thing. If you are listening to this episode, just go ahead and screenshot it and load it to your Instagram story tagging at fruitsnackspod. We'll reload it to our Instagram story, add a little cute gif, whatever you want, and then it'll just show a little buzz. But as, as always, please subscribe, write, share, listen, la di da da But let's get right into this episode. So you guys, um, that voice that you hear on the other side of the mic, that is, introduce yourself. Hello everybody, my name is Kyle. Bitch, I told you not speak (laughs) so much. Okay, this is probably going to be an hour of me trashing on my best friend, (laughs) but I told this motherfucker, don't speak too close to the mic because it's going to be too loud, but you know, well, you're going to find out he's dumb as fuck, so the first thing he does, he's like, oh, I'm just going to sit back. The first thing this motherfucker does is put his mouth on the damn microphone. Okay, so introduce yourself again. Hello, my name is Kyle. (laughs) Oh my god, you're such trash. You're such a trash bag. (laughs) I'm really excited to actually uh, record this episode because we're going to get into some major shit. I'm not playing. I'm not playing this game. Are you sweating? Yeah. Why are you so nervous? You want to tell the listeners how we first met? Wait, I remember him from... A cheerleading competition. We were up in NorCal at a spirit sports event. Mm-hmm. I was on an all-star team. He Wait, was I don't on, think I know this. You, you what? How? You keep going. <clears throat> I was on pace. Uh huh. And you were on Long Beach State. Yeah. And I had a crush on you, so I was trying to get Dana Holiday. Uh huh. To, um, I don't know, get get you for me but i don't what what was your first impression of me then oh he's cute weren't you in a relationship no bitch don't yes, try to were. even do not even try to do this right now thought and bopping little dirty ass bitch i was single <laughs> <laughs> okay so the lies come out right away this is what i remember us me first meeting you this is how i remember oh i don't think we met. I just was stalking you. Yeah. Okay. But this is where I remember that you were on my radar was because, like he said, he was on um, Pace and I was on Long Beach State, but also he was on Orange Coast College Cheer. And Orange Coast College and Long Beach State were like sister cheer teams and Pace Empire was like the the blended team of the best athletes from both teams and we kind of like did the competitive world, whatever, blah, blah. And I was on Long Beach State and... Um, what we would do is like all practice together before major competitions. And I remember throwing a pass around off back handspring full. And my coach, Coach Eric, was like, hey, Brian, get your arms up on the next pass. And the next time we do a full out. And as we passed each other, you're like, yeah, get your arms up. And <gasps> I didn't even know you. And I was like, who the fuck is this white no. motherfucker trying to come for my skill? I was so like, you're so trash. And it was funny because I think you were trying to be flirty. But I was like, 
bitch, I don't fucking know you. And I was so irritated. And I don't remember that. And I don't remember even saying something so mean like that ever. Oh, because you're That's really, a lie. <laughs> you're such a good person, kind hearted. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that, what we became friends in 2008 when we were mere, um, what, 20 year olds. You were 21, maybe I was 20. No, younger than that. I think I was like 19. I yeah. Not tw- yeah. You yeah. were like 20. I was like 19. No, maybe. I don't remember. Right, I graduated high school in 2005 and I was 17. So I was 20. Yeah, I was 20. Yeah, 20. And I was 19. Um, that's funny though, because I feel like you're like my longest friend that I've had in my life. Am I your longest friend? Did I know Sarah before you? I think I knew Sarah before you. Oh, you, you know. did. Yeah. Sarah takes the cake. That's okay. So then through that experience, we became friends. And this motherfucker, like I said, was two-timing because he was still living with his ex-boyfriend yet trying to date me. I remember our first date when we actually started talking because you like got my number. We were like going on dates. And then um, we would like, I met all your friends and all this stuff. And then you're like, oh, we're going back to my house to hang out. You are not about to spill tea right now. I'm about to spill all the tea because I want to show the world that you're trash. My best friend's trash. You guys, this interview is ending. This is it. And I just remember... I really enjoyed being the guest on the show. That was, that's all. I remember us coming home or after dinner and you're like, oh, I was like, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, we're all going to go back to my house. And I was like, oh, okay. And you're like, but you can't come. <laughs> and I was like, wait, why? And you're like, because my ex-boyfriend's there. And then that's how I found out you still lived with him and shared a motherfucking bed with him. And on top of that, try to get back with him. You were using me as a pawn in all of this. But... I guess I was the one who was dumb because I still stuck around. Not in a dating sense, but I was like, there's something about this motherfucker. I want to ruin his life. (laughs) (laughs) And then what happened after that? You were at OCC and you wanted to transfer to Long Beach State. So I helped you get into college. You didn't. Yes, I did. How? Bitch, I used to tutor you in math. (laughs) Exactly. See, you want to lie. Every day I tutor you in math, and then what? You were like, I want to get into Long Beach State. I fucking filled out your application. <gasps> that is a lie. We did it together. But I filled it out. No, you no, we didn't. I filled it out. The laptop was in my hands. Okay, and you were like, oh, I want to be business major, and I was like, nigga, you ain't gonna get into the school if you're trying to claim business. True. And so, so then, so then I took American studies. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the only major that wasn't impacted, right? Is that why yeah, we did it? That sure was. And then once he was going to Long Beach State, what happened? Um, I wasn't studying American studies. <laughs> what did you switch your major to? Communication studies. Oh, that's right. Same. Same as me. So then this motherfucker literally would like take every single fucking class I was in and he would cheat off all my tests. No, I didn't. You really want to lie? I didn't cheat off your tests. You didn't? No, I just didn't do as well as you on mm. the tests. All right, true. And then we would get... I would get mad at you about it after because I would ask you about questions and you're like, this was the answer. And I was like, no, that's not the answer. And then when we got the results back, you had the right answers. That's true. That's just like how our life is now. <laughs> like you want to run your life and I'm like, Kyle, that's the wrong answer. No, no. And I always have to <laughs> fix your problems. But you guys will see through this podcast how I fix Kyle's problems all the time. Likewise. Nah. Um, but let's get into this fresh food. I want to talk about some topics that I feel like I'm talking and 
explaining this whole thing, but you're just like, uh-huh. I just want to know how long this interview is going to be. Okay, bitch. <laughs> as long as it needs to take. <laughs> What we didn't mention is that we actually dated after you transferred to Long Beach State. When did we start dating again? Was I in the school by then? Yeah, you were in the school because you were spending you were spending the night at my house, our house at Bacaro. No, with- that's not true. That's not true. Okay, I was still at OCC because you were helping me with um, math. Uh huh. And I was spending the night at your house because of that. Uh huh. But I wasn't in the college yet. Uh. Yeah, I see. And then I, I feel like we weren't even dating or we like weren't. we were just friends. We were just friends. But we then just friends. why did we start dating? Um, Because you wanted to date me. Okay, bitch. Let's not twist the words. And I said, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Bitch. No, this is how it happened. I'm single and I'm bored. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> You're such trash. This is exactly how it happened. I was sleeping peacefully after being a good... Um, friends tutoring this motherfucker and then I wake up and he's straddling me <gasps> no I wasn't no no what happened then you kissed me when I was sleeping no you were not sleeping oh I wasn't I sleeping. Was sleeping I raped you yeah actually let's get that on tape he raped me <laughs> <laughs> you're such a trash bag stupid now nah, bitch you always are nah nah I woke up. You were absolutely straddling me. Okay, well, I don't remember that. Oh, weird how your your uh, memory just fades mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Yeah. And I remember waking up thinking, what is this motherfucker trying to do? But I was like, well, whatever. I ain't against it. And then quickly I found out he was a really big power bottom. And I was like, okay. What? <laughs> Did I say something wrong? I don't understand. What, 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 why? Why what? <laughs> why are you saying these things? Because <laughs> I think it's funny. <laughs> So how was it dating me? A mess. Why? Um, it was very hard to date you. <laughs> Why? Um, because he's picky as fuck. He complains about everything. He needs everything done his way or there's no other options. Um, I need receipts. You say everything. So give me three examples of when I needed my things things my way. Oh my gosh. I can't even think of that. I'm oh, weird. How all it. of a sudden you can't think, but you have all these like slanderous words to throw in the universe. Well, I just remember those things, but I don't remember all the details. I just know that you were hard to date. You're the hardest person I've ever dated in my life. Yeah, because you like to do a lot of dumb shit and I held you accountable for every piece of shit thing you did. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I enjoyed dating you. It was fun. Clearly, I like you because I'm like still your friend, but yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, what you say is true. I am difficult, but I think I was difficult because you liked to do stuff that was like dumb. You used to do so much dumb shit. I was only 20. Okay, but you still do dumb shit. Like for me, right? It was like important for me to have like little things like, okay, we're leaving the house, grab your wallet. And then you would leave the house without your wallet. And then I'm like, where's your wallet? And you're like, I I forgot it. I'm like, bitch, I told you to grab your wallet. I left my wallet on purpose because I wanted you to pay for things. Okay, well, that's why your ass got broken up with. (laughs) (laughs) 
I will say though that you were a really good boyfriend when we dated. Can you say that again for yeah, the people in the back? I will, I'll say it. For the people in the back, are you listening? Kyle's a really good boyfriend. The only thing that it sucks about him is that he's just kind of stupid. <laughs> you got to explain what that means. I just feel like it takes a little bit longer for you to like get to the same conclusion that I'm like trying to tell you that you need to get to faster. Okay, you know what? I will agree to that a little bit. Not completely because I like to think a lot and I like to think about things thoroughly before I come to those conclusions. You just like to skip through all that extra and go straight to a conclusion. But is my conclusion But that doesn't wrong? make me stupid. Is my conclusion wrong? I'm never... Sometimes it was... Sometimes it's wrong. Nah. Sometimes it's wrong now and I call you out and you get mad at me and you just pretend that you never said it in the first place. When? <laughs> See, you can't do this. Yes, I can. No, you can't pull up examples because you know I'm right. Because sometimes I'll be like, let's get back to the relationship. Yeah, let's get. I just remember this one really good thing that you did for me. And this is why I said you were a good boyfriend. Once you got to that point. I only did one good thing? Yeah, yeah, one good thing. <laughs> um, one day I was like super stressed out because you know me, guys. I like to load my motherfucking schedule like a bitch. So I was like doing a full-time schedule in school as well as working two jobs, doing cheerleading and just doing the most and i was like telling him that i was like so upset because i couldn't ha i couldn't find time to get food to eat because i was like running late and i had to get food and blah 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 well he got subway sandwich um subway sandwiches and left them on my bed and wrote me a note to be like hey i know that you said you couldn't get food so hopefully this helps your day out and i was like oh. i remember looking at that sandwich and crying so hard i don't actually remember that really yeah because i feel like i did that all the time no yeah no 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 you did a lot of stuff for me like that but it was never like in that manner all right well moving on um <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about the gym i i think this is a really cool thing i think this is one of the proud things that i enjoy telling people about you is um california pride all-stars so do you want to tell people kind of what that is sure so um, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, California Pride All-Stars is a competitive all-star cheerleading gym um, that maybe, hmm, have you talked about Sarah? No, ever? but you okay. can, yeah, whatever. So just, Sarah, just speak, and if I need to clarify, I'll clarify. Sarah has been um, probably one of my longest friends. We met at, at, at at OCC, OCC and Pace yeah. and stuff. And she lives in East, or she lived in East LA. And she worked with a uh, after school program called um, Pride, which was a competitive all star sort of cheerleading type thing in that practice out of a middle school in El Sereno. And one day Sarah asked me if I can come help out with the kids. And I obliged and I came and coached the kids. and. She's like, can you come again? And ended up becoming this routine where I would go and help out. And then I started getting um, like other people involved, like Brian, like, hey, come, come check out these kids, help us out, whatever. And eventually it, the program started growing pretty big. And Sarah and I were like, let's, let's do something bigger for the community. So the gym eventually outgrew itself out of this little subsidized gymnasium and we ended up opening up a full-size cheerleading slash gymnastics facility probably about a mile away from where it was and um from there it kind of just opened up this giant can of worms where we're probably 
one of the most successful gyms now in California, especially in Los Angeles. And um, through this process, we've we've sort of we've sort of um, I don't really know how I'm, how to explain this, but just say it and maybe I can help clarify. Okay, so we moved into this giant facility and it was well over our heads with what we were doing because we were only used to this let's hey kid let's let's roll out these mats let's put them on this basketball floor and let's do what we got to do what, what Kyle's saying also is like pride the the program came from a very humble background like we scrounged for cheerleading mats and every practice we would have to like roll them out and from this like storage unit that was all cobwebby and stuff and like tape them together and then roll them back up every day because it was like rented space and so when we started the gym we really had nothing at that point right right so um we pretty much like built this program up from the ground up like um we had to turn it into a real business an llc articles of incorporation um business name so it was a a huge learning experience i think for all of us and then besides that we had to build up an infrastructure so we found this warehouse that used to be a a a car storage so you can only imagine what the inside looked like it was just a concrete floor with it just so crazy mess (laughs) so dirty it was so dirty when we found that insane so we from the ground up built this this gym with i i don't want to like leave out people but it took a lot of people and there was a lot of helping hands it wasn't just me sarah and brian there was a ton of families and my parents and sarah's parents and some of our close friends whenever they'd have time come help us but we ended up building a um full size excuse me competitive like cheerleading floor and that was even crazy to do we had to get wood imported from russia um we had to get custom mats built we had to get springs all this stuff like, what you what you probably don't understand is just a little backstory here to help clarify with competitive cheerleading you compete on a spring floor and a lot of these tricks that um the kids need to perform especially at the higher levels you need a spring floor but spring floors run for like 15 to twenty thousand dollars if you want to buy it full but again we were like starting from the ground up so kyle researched what kind of wood it was bought the spring separately the caps all the hardware and we spent like what two weeks drilling holes and like putting this DIY spring floor together. That turned out to be like actually we still use it to this day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like that's how like humble and like hard it was at the beginning of this whole process for sure. So um, yeah, we we literally built this entire place from the ground up and not only like did we have to do the floor but we had to paint this entire building and it was probably about 5000 square feet with 18 to 20 feet high ceilings so my um stepdad his brother it it just took an entire like city to get this taken care of and it took us probably about 3 weeks to get to um the final process but literally brian and i were there from morning till night like i don't remember i had a job but i really didn't work somehow i don't really know how i got away with it but we were at the gym day in and day out while still trying to coach and still trying to carry both of us had full-time jobs still but we ended up figuring out somehow and 
gym is insane right now. Yeah, it's like doing so well and so successful. So it's like really one of those like feel good stories. Because when you started the program or when you joined with Sarah, what? How many kids did you did we have? I think we had maybe like thirties, thirty kids, thirty yeah. something, like roughly two teams, but literally only two teams because we had like a senior team and a junior team, and it was just like whatever the highest level skill was on the team that was like the level that we competed but now how many people are enrolled in the gym um between i would say between all of our full season athletes mid-season athletes and our tumbling classes we're probably close to around 200 kids now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um it's it's totally catered to the inner city kids and we're there to help make things affordable for athletes and families that want their kid involved in something, not just because um, the love of the sport, but I think a lot of it has to do with making sure the kids have something to look forward to outside of school and outside of home and just being able to be themselves without having to be judged. And um, Let's talk about that because I don't think we mentioned this, but... The gym is located in East Los Angeles, which is, uh, what, a heavy Hispanic community. And it's known to kind of have, like, a really rough background. Um, I don't want to say ghetto because I think that's putting a connotation that is not appropriate. I think when people think ghetto, they think of, like, trash, which I think there's so much beauty in this community, being in the community. Um, so talk about how the gym has kind of affected the people who've come through the program and like have been with it over the years. Um, well, honestly, I think that, um, because of the gym, I feel like we have kept a lot of our kids on track with doing the right thing, being successful, making themselves better people for the community and teaching them skills that they otherwise would probably not have access to in order to become successful human beings when they grow as adults. Right. And I think a lot of it has to do with us being there, one, and all of the coaches that we have there to enforce this philosophy and culture of becoming good human beings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's a huge impact I will it's a huge impact on those kids maybe a smaller impact on the community because we don't have like a huge following but it's it's enough to be impactful for the people that are there right but I feel like with that said Kyle um that energy radiates outwards always right like if one person gets affected whether you help one person or not, they're then going to take that energy and pass it on. So like, yeah, maybe it not. We don't get, or you, the gym, whatever, doesn't get the recognition from the city as much as like someone coming from the city or like having like an actual implant in the city. But I think helping the people that come from that community, giving them the tools to help outside of this facility, as far as California Pride, it helps in that sense. Because I feel like through this... Everyone who has graduated from high school, I feel like mostly, most of them have gone on to college, whether it's community college or actual universities, where I don't think that that was really a mindset or a goal for them prior to this program. Just because of the community that they live in, it's really difficult to like think school is important when there's like so many other distractions. 
Granted, we're it's not just for lower income right. or inner city. Uh, now that we've grown, we actually just get people from all over Southern California. Some essentially kids now. drive from Orange County. Some people drive from like what Pasadena, yeah, Sousa, Pasadena, Glendora, Azusa, yeah. So kind of all over, which is great. And so you get this plethora of bringing people from outside the community into the community to show that the community isn't their reality, right? Where they can be something outside of what they see on the day-to-day basis. Um, did you want to share one of the stories that, like, maybe one of the kids has gone through? You don't have to be, like, specific with names. Remind me of a story. Um, I'll, I'll tell one. Okay. Um, I feel like when we were coaching full-time together um, about three or four years ago, one of the athletes I remember after one of the practices, because we ended pretty late, it was, like, 1030 at night. And because it's, like, not that nice of a neighborhood when it gets dark, we always want to make sure that the kids have somewhere to go as far as a ride. And I remember one of the athletes was like um, standing outside. And um, when we came out, I was like, hey, where's your parents? Like, she didn't want to tell us that she was not getting picked up. And I remember talking to her and I was like, hey, what's going on? Like, I'll just give you a ride. And she's like, no, you don't have to. And she kept turning away. And I was like, wait, what's wrong? And she was like crying. And she's like, I just, I'm so pissed. And I was like, why? And she's like, because I feel like my parents don't even care. Like they don't ever pick me up. They don't even know where I'm at. They don't ask what I'm doing. If I didn't come home, they wouldn't even know. And it was just like a real big reality check for me and this, this, this athlete or this young woman, because I don't come from that experience, but I know what it feels like to feel like an outsider, I guess, in your own family. And so I think she had it a lot worse, though, because I mean, not worse, but maybe in a different vein because the support wasn't there. And to see that was such like so heartbreaking because two things. One, it sucks that like I felt like at such a young age she had to fight for herself. But then also, two, um, I felt like we were the only ones who were holding her accountable in life. And she was like wanting to show up for us as well as for herself. And I felt like that was really important for her. Yeah. Well, I don't think I mean... That's just one, but one, yeah. There, there's probably a handful of athletes that probably are, run into the same situation, and um, it's crazy because some of the athletes come to me, Brian, or even Ted, and well, who's Ted? First off, Ted is my boyfriend. Okay, and he's he's at the gym super often with us and coaching, and and Sarah too, though. Sarah, yeah, yeah all of us essentially, but. It's 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 a lot of these kids that have that same effect of the example that Brian just gave and it's crazy to hear that um, The kids will come to us before their own parents Mm -hmm. to tell us these momentous times in their life or these accomplishments that they've had because they they know that We'll be more proud of them than maybe some of their own parents and I feel like that's kind of crazy to hear but it also makes you feel good inside because you know that the kids respect you, one, and they know that you genuinely care about them. So that's super cool to hear. And I know that we we honestly, like, we really do try to keep do our best to keep kids out of trouble at any expenses. And if, they, if anything ever comes up, they know how to reach us. They know that we'll be there for them. And even if it's just a, a conversation or a ride home or whatever it is, and I feel like 
this is what drives us to keep doing it because uh, this was just this is honestly just a hobby for us Mm -hmm. and this is not an income for any of us none of us (laughs) do this for our jobs i know we all have full-time jobs i am 40 plus hours still with a healthcare company because i don't go ahead because it's i don't want to rely on um an income when i'm there just to be there for the kids and give the kids experiences and make their childhood memorable, even if it's by coming to practice every day or competing at a competition. Because even with Sarah, who's the other gym owner, she is a full-time teacher um, in high school. And then obviously you guys know I have like 6,000 jobs. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like it's important because it goes beyond cheerleading for us for sure. Like it is... Like, we see the importance behind it, and it, it feels good because you're doing more than just a job. You're, like, changing lives in a weird way. But I, it's funny because when we go to practice, we're like, fuck. <laughs> we're like, fuck. Like, I don't fucking want to do this shit because you're like, again, fuck you know. these kids. Like, fuck they don't want to tumble. Fuck these parents. Or, yeah, they're like, the parents are complaining that. I ain't even getting paid for this shit. <laughs> they're complaining that their daughter's not center flyer, which means literally nothing. It's like, well, then, what, what the fuck do you want us to do? But. Most of the time we just say bye. If you don't like it, then, then you don't have to be a part of the program. Yeah. yeah. But um, I feel like because the proof is in the pudding, people respect our decision. And it's nice to like be a part of something that feels big, yeah. you know, because I feel like it, especially in this city in L.A., a lot of motivation is like self driven, where it's like, what can I do for myself? How can I make myself successful? So it feels nice to like really give back in a, a meaningful way through the skills that we acquired, you yeah. know, like cheerleading is just the vehicle in order to help these kids out. Honestly, I think it's probably one of the best jobs I'll ever have. It's not even a job because obviously we don't get paid for it, but I like knowing that I don't have to rely. Nobody has to rely on this for income. So we can literally do whatever the fuck we want uh-huh. and say whatever the fuck we want without any consequences. Right. Like if we don't like a parent or a kid, then we just be like, this isn't right. for you type right. of thing. And right. I feel like, obviously we would never do that, but you know, there's some, there's some crazy parents out there that. Where it's like, the customer's not always right in this sense. It's like, we're going to do what's best for everyone as a collective whole, right? Exactly. Like a family. It's like, you can't have this one person benefit because you want their, the daughter or the son to be highlighted when realistically it's like, no, we're a unit and we need to send that message. And that's more important than just being like, yeah, you're right. I'm so sorry. It's refreshing to like, yeah, yeah, kind of have full control because you're like, what, bitch? You ain't paying my bills. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, bye. Like- but it's funny because we act like that, but they still hang around. And it's yeah. like, try it. <laughs> you're like, try it. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that's so good. Um, what What do you think the future of Pride is? Like, how long do you think you can do this? Well, or we can do this. <clears throat> I, my dream is obviously to make this something bigger and not just cheerleading. And I had the conversation with your dad too, when he came in that other mm-hmm. day and he's like, Kyle, what do you want to do? And you know, mm-hmm. your dad always asks the deepest questions and you're like, well, fuck, I don't have this conversation right now. <laughs> Literally. I like my dad came into town to get lunch and he was like, I want to see the gym. Cause he knows that we work hard on that. And Kyle's trying to coach and my dad's like trying to have this therapy session. <laughs> But go ahead. <laughs> but I mean, whenever the conversations happen with Ray, which mm-hmm. actually is the same 
name is my dad. Mm-hmm. I know that. I don't know why I said it, but um, he really likes to dig deep, and um, he just wanted to know like my thoughts on everything and what am I doing and what's next basically and I told him like what our thoughts were and Sarah and I are kind of on the same page with not kind of we pretty much are on the same page with what what we want the program to turn into and ideally if it's possible we want to become a, a a huge facility where we can incorporate not just cheerleading but all aspects of sports like if we could do a facility that has soccer, mm-hmm. indoor soccer, volleyball, basketball, cheerleading, the whole thing, and just have this like facility for the community, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that would be our ultimate goal with yeah. this thing. But I mean, we we obviously know what we're doing with cheerleading, so we're sticking to, with what, what we, know we know and trying to grow in that sense first, and then whatever happens from there happens but it's been on the back of my my mind and obviously i've been trying to do a little bit of research here and there and speaking to people but i feel like that's not an easy feat and um i'm just kind of stagnant with it until mm-hmm. ray comes back into town and he's like what have you done yet and i'm like fuck you're like shit the, the let me home. call somebody <laughs> but it's thing. like it's like great because i feel like um I think what I love about you so much, Kyle, is that you're such a driven person and you will, you're such a workhorse, but in the best way possible. Sometimes it sucks because you like take work over relationships, but I think it's great because through our friendship, I feel like you've always really took, taken on big projects and have been so successful in that. And as a friend, I'm like always so proud to support you through that because I think it's amazing. And it's like one of those things where you're the kind of friend that I have where if I were to introduce you to someone, I'm always so excited to say, yeah, this is my best friend, Kyle. That's really weird, really weird to hear you say this nice stuff because you usually <laughs> just call me fat <laughs> or stupid <laughs> or trash. But I, you know, say it on the podcast. So if you like don't ever hear it for the next 10 years, you can just hit this back over and over and listen to it. <laughs> Just in case. But I think you're doing great shit. And obviously, I'm always here for you to support you on this journey because I know you always need a lot of help because you're fucking dumb. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys, I don't think I'm dumb. It's just I sometimes get into things way over my head and <laughs> there's no way I can do it by myself. So I just assume that I'm his personal assistant. <laughs> That's literally kind of true. It's like, hey, I have this issue. And I'm like, okay. He's like, okay, so fix it. And I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like sitting here writing emails, figuring out a course of his life plan, being like, okay, try this, do this, do that. And he's like, great, that sounds great. Okay, thanks. I'm like, cool. Where's my thanks? He's like, nah, bitch. Um, Just kind of switching gears. We're going to get a little more deep here. Um, Because I... Because he brought up my dad. So I, I wanted to um, express, if you guys listen to the podcast continually, I think it was about episode 18. I, it was my first solo episode, and I had my coming out story um, with my parents, which I think is a really good episode to listen to, just kind of get to know who I am and my viewpoint, excuse me, on the world. But Kyle was the one that was with me during, during that whole experience, and I expressed on that podcast episode that... Um, Kyle has been the one to like really feel like a sense of home and comfort. 
Um, cause he's always been there for me in like my toughest times and like my most important moments in life. And I would say vice versa for his as well. Um, but I don't think we've ever really talked about that experience after it happened. Like we tell the story and like laugh about it now, but I don't think I've ever really asked you how you felt through that experience. So I guess what I want to ask is when my parents were saying that to you, what was like on your mind? Um, well, honestly, I didn't think it was really happening when it was like, I was like, wait, what? I was so confused because I feel like the shit that was being said to us was only shit that you'd see on TV, like on a, on a movie. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of just, I really wasn't in tune with reality in the sense of, is this real? Is this really happening to us right now? Because I think this was probably the first time I met your parents. Mm-hmm. and Literally um, the very first time. They were both extremely welcoming, extremely loving, and for a conversation to completely 180 was just, I don't know, I was just so caught off guard that for the first probably like four minutes of the conversation, I was just sitting there like listening. Like, because I don't know, it was just so unreal. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I know. It's crazy because I feel like it's great that I went through that experience with you. It sucks that we had to go through that experience. And my parents, my own family, was the one to, like, make that impression on your life. Because I don't feel like that would be easy to handle in any sense of the word. But I don't even know where I was going with that. But it was nice to experience it with you because I feel like that just like, I think that's what I was going to say. It solidified our friendship in that moment. And I was like, okay, because it's one thing to share the story, but to live the experience like you, that takes you to another level. And it was like one of those moments where I was like, damn. Well, I don't regret the experience either because I feel like I learned so much from it. Yeah. Because I've, I, I haven't really ever been in a situation outside of that besides my parents or when my mom and stepdad kind of lost their shit on me when I told them I was gay but I I I had the opportunity to like get out of the situation so I or was that before or after I can't even remember um you your parents situation was before it was before yeah, oh, yeah. because you lived it in was Costa a couple Mesa. years before yeah. that that's right so I was already pretty self-sufficient on my own and I was able to get out of the situation when my parents didn't agree with um, me being gay. And I had a similar experience, except my parents kind of kicked me out. But I was, I, I think I was okay with it because I feel like coming out and being honest with myself was more of an impact than my parents being like, this isn't okay, you can't be here type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think in that sense, when it happened to me with my parents, I was like, obviously devastated and hurt, but I was okay with it. But when it was with Brian's parents, um, his parents didn't allow me to get up and leave the situation. So they told me that they basically, not basically, they said, we want you to sit here and listen to what we had to say. And I was like, uh, okay. So I feel like that was more impactful because I actually couldn't leave the situation. Which is crazy to me before you continue. I don't mean to cut you off, but I just want to say this because like that shows how much 
more respect you had for them than they did for you. Do you know what I mean? Like you didn't need to sit there, but for you to be like, I don't want to like make, I don't want them to think poorly of me. Let me sit here and respect them and hear what they have to say. Is like such a testament to like who you are as a person. Yeah. I mean, that's why I, I'm not even mad about what happened. I'm not really sad about it either. And I honestly feel like it was just a really great learning experience Mm -hmm. of how the real world kind of is out there. Mm -hmm. And I think I needed to know, I needed to go through that because I feel like it helped me grow as a person to understand and be more vigilant with my surroundings. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it was a good experience too, because I wouldn't want you to go through that alone because that's was so crazy. I mean, crazier for you than obviously for me because it was your parents and I just I've known them for two days at that time mm-hmm. so I'm like an outsider type of thing but I feel like it was more important that I was there for you rather than for me mm-hmm. so I mean I was glad that I was there but it's crazy it's still crazy it is crazy I feel like experiences like that <clears throat> excuse me as like one gay people but just people where you feel like um the world is against you. Um, I think the best learning ex- like tool that we've gotten from that is how to be compassionate. Because when you really feel like shit, you don't want to go back there. So when you see other people like really in that same mindset, it helps you slow down to be like, okay, I don't think I would want someone else to be in the same position. And it keeps you more aware of like energy and like social experiences to where you're like, oh, I can feel what you're going through. And it like almost takes away the privilege that would mask what you're experiencing in life. You know what I mean? Like if you're privileged and don't have to experience it. And I always bring up my brother in this situation because I feel like when we've talked to my brother about that experience, he doesn't believe it because my parents have always like kind of like agreed with how he is naturally. And so for him, he sees my parents in such a positive light. Not that we see my parents in a negative light, but it definitely tarnished our view on them from that experience that it does wipe away the privilege because my brother was privileged enough to always have their love. And for us not to experience it, we know what it feels like to be without. And so I feel like through that, it's like such a big growing experience in a weird sense, a positive experience, yet it's so negative at the time. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I, I have nothing against your parents at all. Like, I respect your dad he, immensely, and right. I feel like he's probably one of the greatest m- man that I know mm-hmm. because of that situation. And he apologized after all, but, like, it took some time, mm-hmm. and it was just... An uncomfortable situation and your mom as well like I still think they're both great people and I won't I wouldn't hold that situation against them because I mean I'm not making excuses for people but if you are sheltered and don't know what being gay is about and you can't grasp or understand that it's not a choice then you kind of in a sense feel sort of bad for people mm-hmm. because they're uneducated in that sense and sometimes a natural reaction with things that scare people is to be angry and be nasty and be mean and i feel like that situation is kind of what led to their feelings right 
so I'm, I'm not mad at them about it. And like, even if like I, if, whenever your dad's down, I'd be like, yeah, let's go have dinner with him. Mm-hmm. He's cool. Mm-hmm. Even if it was your mom, I know his, I know your mom doesn't really care for me, which is fine, but I have nothing against her. Bitch, she don't really care for me either. So same, <laughs> <laughs> same bitch. You know why she doesn't care for you? It's because you ruined our family. <laughs> You single-handedly ruined our family, Kyle. How does that make you feel? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, it was God. it was a it was a interesting experience, and I mean, even to this day, um, when some of our boys at the gym mm-hmm. are going through some issues at home with being gay or whatever, I t- totally use that example as like, homie, look, right. It's okay. Right. A lot of us has been through it. You're everything's gonna be okay, and yeah, I feel like they appreciate that we have firsthand knowledge in that because they we can relate to them and it kind of eases their mind. Right. So I feel like it was a good experience. With because that I feel like when they see us at the gym, they see us as fun, happy people, thinking that we probably haven't gone through what they've gone through. But when we share that experience with them, they're like, "Oh fuck," and you're still fine. That's amazing, you know, and it is cool that we can pull from that experience to be like, yo, I get it. I absolutely get it. Um, So in that sense, that's another gift that that experience definitely has given the both of us. Yeah. I'm so proud of you, Kyle. Why? That's weird. I know it is weird. It's weird. Like, I almost feel like I'm going to cry because like having this conversation with you, um, kind of makes me realize how important you are to me in my life. <laughs> um, I wasn't important enough to keep dating, though. Not, nigga. Because you would thought and bopping, bitch. Um, but yeah, I just want to say thank you so much because I honestly don't think that I would be here at this point if you weren't the person that you were through that whole experience and like the person that you have been over the past, what, 12... 13 years of our friendship. Wait, 2007, 2007, 2008? 2008, so 11 years. Damn. Going on. Going on 12, yeah. You knew me before I had wrinkles. (laughs) (laughs) You knew me before I was bald. (laughs) Fuck the wrinkles, you still have hair. Yeah. But I guess with that said, thank you so much for being my friend. You're welcome. So to um, round out the episode, because I know your bitch ass doesn't listen to this motherfucking podcast. Literally none of my good friends listen to the podcast. Like all my good friends. Well, not all of them. Some of them do. But like you and Kenosha, that bitch, I was like, Kenosha. And she actually has time. She has. Bitch don't work. Okay, you guys, I don't listen to the podcast because I don't sit in one place long enough for me to listen to it. That's true. But Kenosha literally doesn't have a job and she's like i listen to your podcast i was like how many episodes we have and she's like five (laughs) i was like five bitch i was like we have 38 i think we had like 38 at the time she's like you have that many 
I don't know if it was 38, but it was like something way more than five. How long are your podcasts? episode typically an hour an hour see no hell no okay her bitch, bitch else can do you it could, she could do sure. it you could do it too while you, while you're driving but that's the thing when i'm driving i'm on the phone true okay 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 it's true it's either true. calling parents back or i'm still working for apri and making calls to the doctors that's true okay i don't even listen to the radio i said okay okay well i'm just trying to make Nigga. sure that everybody understands and they don't think i'm a bad friend they already think that no they probably think i'm a bad friend through this experience no. But you know, I'm me shitting on you is just me. I don't really hate you. Oh, I know that. Oh, I feel like I shit on you. But I, I feel like I need to say that to the people just so that they're like, damn. And it's so funny too because I know, I know, once people hear this episode, like our mutual friends are gonna be like, man, I wish you and Kyle were still together. Everyone always fucking says that, especially after the episode, my coming out story, and I was telling. Like, I was expressing how, like, you were important in that whole aspect and blah, 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 blah. They're like, Brian, I love Kyle. You need to date Kyle. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. You guys, Kyle, right Kyle. now his life's around a B plus, but if he would have dated me, it would have been like an A plus, 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 plus. I'll date but you. But he ruined it. I could date you if you paid my mortgage, <laughs> <laughs> paid my car payment. Because Kyle makes money, you guys. He makes bank. He's living in a... Um, shack, a shack. <laughs> nah, bitch. It's You're a living shack. in like a nice, fucking souped-up apartment in Glendale, right next to the Americana. So people in LA know that is not cheap in this neighborhood, and he's paying for it and making more. I asked him one time how much he makes in a month. I'm not gonna say how much you make, but bitch, I was flabbergasted. I was like, nigga, I make that in three months. <laughs> he's like, you do? Oh, he's like, you want to go to dinner? I'm like, sure. You could pay. <laughs> Okay, so long. You guys, I don't make that much money. He's just trying to pretend. Okay, he he. You drive an Audi. You had two BMWs. You go you go on vacation, first class, everywhere. Okay, <laughs> exactly, bitch. I'm like literally. I'm like, oh, Kyle, let's go here, right? Like, let's fly to Seattle on my benefits. And he's like, do we have to fly a standby? And I was like, well, yeah. And he's like, is it first class? And I was like, well, we could, but probably not. He's like, oh, then I'm not. I'll just pay. And I was like. It's a free ticket. He's like, I would rather sit in first class than get a free ticket. So that's the kind of friend Kyle is. Anyways. You guys, once you get sat next to an overweight person who not only takes their seat, but they take your seat <laughs> and your neighbor's seat, you don't want to fly and coach anymore. That's true. You know, if I had the means to fly first class, no, I probably still wouldn't fly first class. I'm like frugal like that. I'm a frugal ass bitch. I'm like, as long as we get there. It's whatever. Mm. Anyways, as I was saying, um, we same, 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 same. Now, since you don't <laughs> listen to the episodes, let me explain this little segment to you. This is called in season. It's just stuff that we took interest in for the week. So as you think about what your in season is, I'll go with mine. This is so fucking random, but um, I've been wanting to get earrings to put back in my ears. I used to have my ears um, stretched like they were gauged, and I feel like. Um, I haven't worn earrings in probably 10 years. And I was like, that's a cool little thing that I Has could it like. Has been 10 years? I mean, I got them when I was 18. Wait, no. Mm, I remember when we first met, you had... You had... A, Gages? A, yeah, is that what it was? It was like a pole. No, oh, an industrial. Yeah. Yeah, no, you I took that. that. I did, but I took that out like two months after I got it because I was like, this shit is too much for an upkeep. Mm. But Gage is like where they stretch your ear. It, I literally... I don't think I... St I stopped wearing earrings like when I was like 20, 21. Anyways, I was like, let me I go. I still have an earring in my nose. I have a nose ring. Thank you for telling the, You're welcome. the people. 
he really, he really thought that was important. But my in season this week is earrings because I've been like trying to find masculine earrings that not that they have to be masculine, but I don't want like dangly earrings or like hoops or anything because I don't feel like that's really me. I wanted like something that was very minimal, and so I got literally just like a bar. We'll see if this works. I mean, I did get it in a gay ass color, rose gold, but I felt like it was a muted color so that it wasn't too standout. iPhone. Yeah, you want to buy me an iPhone? You love to buy me gifts. I don't have any money. Oh, weird, 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 weird. Okay, well, yeah, my end season this week are earrings. Random, random and stupid, but yes, earrings. My end season this week is Botox. Botox? Mm-hmm. I used to be so against it. And um, the end of last week, I was like, you know what? I don't really like these wrinkles on my eyes, on the sides of my eyes. Crow's feet, I guess. I Wait, show me. Move your face. Oh, you didn't know that? No, move your face. I don't remember how it was before. <laughs> Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> they used to they used to crease right here. Oh, you're so right. Wow. No, they don't. So um, I went and okay, saw Okay, Real Housewife of Glendale. <laughs> and I told him, I was like, I don't really care for these anymore. And he's like, let's try some Botox. And I was like, let's do it. And um, it it was interesting. It was a little baby needle, and um, they injected. They go by units, which I still don't quite understand. And you pay per unit, so the doctor will say how many. He'll look at your face and he'll be like, "Oh, I think you need this amount of units." So I was like, "Okay." Yeah, it's got bamboozles. No, he's well, maybe. I mean, I don't know shit about it, but he's like, "Okay, um, let's do three units on this eye, and then three units on this eye." And I was like, "Okay, let's do it." It was only it's. I think the price ranges, I've heard of 8 to $15 per unit, just depending on where you go. And I paid $12 a unit, and they did six units. Oh, and that's not that yeah, bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. You know Joe Josefa, who listens to the podcast? Hey, Joe. Um, hey. She was one of the people that lived with us in Bacaro. Um, you know she d- she's a PA, and she does Botox. I know, but she's so far away. Yeah, San Diego. Yeah, San Diego is, from me, it's like almost three hours so to make that trip would be a six-hour trip, and right here in Burbank, there's some really great doctors That's I can true. recommend some to you. Because I was gonna drive down to her to get Botox, not my face, but under my arms to so stop, stop the sweating. sweating. But then she's like, "You know, you'll sweat other places more." And I was like, "Oh fuck, yeah." I was like, "Nah," because I know I sweat a lot in my butt crack and my forehead. Mm. I ain't trying to just like have a waterfall. So it was a, it was an inter- interesting experience. Um, I was a little nervous about reading all the disclaimers about maybe your eye getting lazy and a lot of like muscle atrophy and stuff. So I got a little scared, but I was like, mm, let's just try it once. And if I love it, then we'll do then more. And lips are next. It. <laughs> um, then the, bat, the butt, the butt lift, <laughs> lipo, fake packs. So they injected three units on each eye and he said don't lay down and try not to uh, smile for the next hour because you don't want the Botox to move because it will move to other muscles and he said that's never a good idea because then shit starts freezing that you don't want to freeze. (laughs) And your hypochondriac ass I know for sure was like freaking out. My ass taped my face so I couldn't move. (laughs) He's calling out of work. I can't move my face. I'm sorry. I gotta go. (laughs) And it usually takes three to 21 days for you to see um, results, and it's been about four days, and it's already so great. Like, the wrinkles are 
gone. They're not gone, yeah. but they're going away because you don't use it as much. So if you just keep moisturizing the area and making sure you're taking care of your skin, they'll eventually fade. But I wanted to get my forehead done too. And um, I'm probably still going to do it, but I just wanted to see if I was going to be okay with this eye thing before I went. I feel like the forehead should have been first. A, like a fucked up little skin forehead would have been better than a lazy eye. <laughs> True, you're right. I don't know why. <laughs> See, I did this that. is why he needs fucking advice from me, bitch. <laughs> it's like the most senseless spot, and you're going crazy eye. You're like, look, I got Botox <laughs> fucking looking both ways. <laughs> like, the fuck? Okay, he said he even offered. Um, for injections to, I don't, what is, is it collagen or something to, rest or whatever to fill in line? Yeah. Fillers. And, um, he's like, do you want to try that? And I was like, am I going to look crazy? And he's like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. I was like, so why'd you offer me it then? He's like, well, cause I don't know. Dollar size. He's like this stupid motherfucker, this gay white motherfucker. He's like, you're going to look like those people you make fun of. And I was like, let's not do the fillers. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't go with the fillers, but, um, that's what happens when you turn 31, I guess you're in season. Now you're turning 32. (gasps) You guys, I sort of struggled when I hit 30 for some reason. I don't really know why, but it was just a weird number. I think because when I was a child, I was like, when people were like, what are you going to do when you're a door? And I was like, I'm not going to live that long. (laughs) (laughs) I laugh, but I know what you mean. I'm not going to, I don't, I'm not going to make it to 30. Now I'm 31 and I have no idea what to do because my whole childhood, I was saying I was going to be dead by then. So here (laughs) we are. On on that note, (laughs) um, are you still on Instagram? Because I know you took a hiatus. I took a hiatus. I am going to reactivate. Okay. Well, give them your Instagram because people tend to like to know what the voice is, Mm. the face behind the voice. Um, So if you search him, he might not come up. But when he does, and maybe you're listening to this episode way later down the line, he comes back to Instagram. But what's your Instagram? You guys all be up by the time this airs. But my Instagram is KyleW87. At KyleW87. K-Y-L-E-W. Well, Kyle, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time out um, to do this podcast. It's about time you fucking do something for me. And I don't. Thank you. I feel like I need to be a guest more often because see this is what I'm I fun. This is what I fucking I'm cool. hate. I'm sweet. Every time I bring a guest on, they're always like, "I don't know what I would talk about." And that's not me. I know, but then this is where I'm getting at. After it's over, everyone's like, "Ooh, we need to do another episode," and they're like pitching me episodes of like what we could talk about. I'm like, "Nah, bitch, you had your moment. You had your 15 minutes of fame. Move along. Go back to your day job. <laughs> you can start your own podcast." <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much, Kyle, for coming on board and doing this. It really means a lot. And I think um, I found a little bit more about you, even though I feel like I know you so much inside what? and out. What did you learn about me? That you're like a kind person. I thought you were trash before. And I'm what? like, oh, he kind of have a heart. <laughs> um, I, I never think you're funny, but I was like, there was some cute, funny moments. I was like, oh, he's got You don't think I'm funny. So thank you guys so much. <laughs> Um, like we've mentioned before, share, subscribe, rate, follow, review, all of the above. If you are listening, please screenshot and add it to your Instagram story, tagging at Fruit Snacks Pod. And with that said, you can follow us on Instagram at Fruit Snacks Pod. We'll repost your Instagram screenshot to our story. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to us, DM there, or you can reach us through email, um, at fruitsnackspod at gmail.com. And is there any last words you want to say before we end the episode? Hasta luego, fuegos. (laughs) And on that note, thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you later. Bye.